0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it, or you think you do, the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money Good
2: morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today.
2: Karen, we begin with a sell-off in chip stocks. NVIDIA is leading the declines down more than 4.5% in early trading. It all comes after a Wall Street Journal report saying Washington could soon close loopholes in the sale of powerful chips to China. We get details from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. The chips are those used to train AI models, and the restrictions are aimed at containing China's technological rise. But the move would clearly dent sales. NVIDIA gets nearly 20% of its revenue from China. Its chips are vital to the development of generative AI models such as ChatGPT. This year, NVIDIA produced less capable chips below thresholds requiring a license from the Commerce Department to export to China or other countries of concern. But Washington is now weighing action as soon as next month to expand the curbs to include those lower-powered semiconductors. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Doug, thanks. And checking some other chip stocks this morning, Advanced Micro Devices is down 3.5%. Applied Materials is down 1.5%. Intel also down more than 1%.
0: Well, another major story we're following this morning, Nathan, takes us overseas. Bloomberg News has learned that UBS plans to cut more than half of the workforce it inherited from Credit Suisse. Bloomberg's Shanali Basik says the job losses will start next month.
3: The way that this will be done, according to people familiar, is three rounds of job cuts this year with the first round expected by the end of July and two more rounds tentatively planned for September and October. So certainly through the end of the year, there will be kind of a lot of communication with staff, plus probably a lot of conversations across Wall Street and global finance.
0: And Bloomberg's Shinali-Basic says UBS intends to reduce the total combined headcount by about 35,000.
2: Staying in Europe, Karen, we're watching for news on the economy and global monetary policy on this final day of the European Central Bank Forum in Sintra, Portugal. Speakers on the agenda today include Fed Chair Jay Powell, ECB President Christine Lagarde, Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey, and Bank of Japan Governor Kazuo Ueda.
0: Well, back here in the U.S., Nathan, the economy is also in focus. President Biden says he thinks the U.S. economy can avoid a recession in the coming months. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from our ninety-nine-one newsroom in Washington.
2: President Biden told donors that after economists have predicted a recession for the past 11 months, he doesn't think it's going to come, citing a strong labor market and his efforts to tamp down inflation. National Economic Council director and former
0: vice chair of the Federal Reserve Lyle Brainerd agrees. We are going to continue to see resilience against a backdrop of what we have referred to as more stable uh, economic growth. Economic Council Chair Brainerd made the comments
2: as President Biden is set to head to Chicago today, where he'll deliver what the White House is calling a cornerstone address on his economic policy, Bidenomics. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Amy. Now let's get to the latest on Russia following last week's failed Wagner Group mutiny. The brief rebellion against the Russian government could boost the Biden administration's efforts to rally more military support for Ukraine. White House Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Dalton announced another half billion dollar drawdown from the Pentagon stockpiles yesterday.
4: This package includes key capabilities that will support Ukraine's counter-offensive operations, such as mine clearing equipment, armored vehicles, and artillery rounds. It will also strengthen air defenses to help Ukraine protect its people from rocket attacks.
2: Deputy Press Secretary Dalton says there has been strong bipartisan support for Ukraine in the past. Sources tell Bloomberg News the White House is expecting stronger commitments as well from NATO allies when they meet
0: next month in Lithuania. Well, Nathan, another story we're following this morning brings us to the skies of New York. That smog, which blanketed skies in the northeast earlier this month, may be coming back. We get the latest with Bloomberg's John Tucker in New York. John.
3: And Karen, air quality should reach unhealthy levels in western and central New York today. And New York City will be enveloped tomorrow. The city in the northeast had some of the worst air quality in the world earlier this month when the smoke from Quebec forest fires swirled south. Governor Kathy Hochul says make no mistake about it, this is the result of climate change.
0: We are truly the first generation to feel the real effects of climate change and we're also the last generation to do anything meaningful about it.
3: Large parts of Canada from coast to coast have been burning for weeks. Currently, 257 fires are burning out of control. Now, if you think it's an excuse to work from home, keep in mind that modern office building filtration systems do a pretty good job cleaning out harmful particulates. you know, New York. I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: John, thanks. While unhealthy air may stress you out, investors are also waiting for bank stress tests this afternoon from the
5: Federal Reserve. We get more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It comes as regulators explore more stringent requirements on banks in the aftermath of several lender collapses. Analysts largely expect banks to sail through the tests which examine how lenders would hold up in a hypothetical severe global recession in which U.S. unemployment peaks at 10%, commercial real estate prices plunge 40%, and the dollar surges against most major currencies. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. This. Is Bloomberg.
2: Now, time to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New
3: York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The travel nightmare drags on from severe weather. After days of flight cancellations, more than 100 flights already are scrapped in the New York area today. It has left travelers at Newark Airport frustrated.
2: Come this is like the Disney World line from hell here. I feel gross. I feel like I want to cry, but I have
0: nothing left.
3: Some passengers were told they won't be able to reach their destinations until next week. Daniel Penny, the man accused in the May subway chokehold death of Jordan Neely, will be arraigned today in New York. Penny's grand jury indictment will be unsealed. Tuesday was primary day in New York City. In a closely watched race, Yusuf Salam, the exonerated Central Park Five criminal justice reform activist, has won a seat for the city council in the 9th district. Salam got close to 51% of the vote compared to his closest competitor, state assembly member Inez Dickens, with just over 25%. Salam replaces Kirsten Richardson Jordan, who announced in May she would not seek re-election. In Council District 13, incumbent Democrat Marjorie Velasquez easily won her primary against three other challengers. However, the Republican primary challengers race is still too close to call with Christy Mamorato showing a slight lead over George Haverick, 48% to 44%. Brooklyn's 43 was created through redistricting to reflect the area's majority Asian population. Susan Zhang won her Democratic primary with 59%. However, the Republican primary too close to call with Ying Tan ahead of Vito LaBella, 52 to 48%. For Bronx district attorney, Democratic incumbent Darcel Clark easily won with more than 73% of the vote. For Queens district attorney, Democrat incumbent Melinda Katz grabbed more than 71% of the vote.
2: I believe that good government is good campaigning. I believe you take the guns off the streets, the gangs off the streets. You think of innovative ways to take care of those that are stealing things from drug stores and retail stores. I believe you do good government, it's good campaigning.
3: Audio courtesy of QNS, she'll run against Republican Michael Mosa in November. Some mayoral races were also watching, and Yonkers Democratic incumbent Mike Spano easily won. In Mount Vernon, Democratic incumbent Sean Patterson Howard beat Andre Wallace 71% to 29%. Global news 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg
6: Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashow. Good morning, Nathan. The Yankees are coming off two wins over one of baseball's better teams. First place, Texas. They went to Oakland and then lost to a team. It's on pace, perhaps, have the worst season in baseball history. The A's were 20 and 60, but they topped the Yanks 2 to 1. With the only Yankee run being a home run by Josh Donaldson, former All Star with the A's. That's his seventh homer. He only has two other hits at Citi Field. Mets use the long
5: ball. On one that's lined in the air to left center and deep. Weimer going back at the track. At the wall, he can't get it. It's gone. A home run into the party deck
3: in front of the Great Wall of Flushing. Brandon Nimmo with an opposite field home run, his second home run of the game on
6: WCBS. Daniel Vogelback also homered. So did Francisco Lindor, 200th of his career. Mets over the Brewers, seven to two. It's just their sixth win in the last 22 games, and we'll see what Mets owner Steve Cohen has to say this afternoon. He's holding a rare press conference. In Anaheim, the legend of Shohei Ohtani continues in an Angels win over the White Sox. On the mound, Ohtani gave up just one run. Four hits, struck out ten. At the plate, two long home runs. He leads the majors with 28. The Devils have acquired Tyler Toffoli in a trade with Calgary. He was their leading scorer. NBA free agency begins Saturday. A lot of attention being paid to Damian Lillard. Not a free agent, but Will Portland Trade, the seven-time All-Star. They met with Lillard yesterday, said they are committed to building a winning team around him, and that Lillard was has not asked for a trade. Ryan Mallett, star quarterback at Arkansas, who then played for three NFL teams, has died at 35, apparently drowned in the Gulf of Mexico. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports.
5: Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time
3: from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager,
2: and it is a tough morning for chip stocks this morning, led by Nvidia following a report that the Biden administration is looking to close the loopholes that allow China to buy the chips that power artificial intelligence. Let's bring in Alex Webb for more on this. Alex covers all things tech for us at Bloomberg News. We should note, Alex, that this is reporting from the Wall Street Journal, but what are the loopholes that the White House reportedly has its eye on here?
4: Yeah, so there was an initial round uh, of rules that tried to prevent bleeding edge chips that can be used for AI applications from being sold into China. And in terms of NVIDIA, those are known as the A100 range. So what NVIDIA did quite agilely, quite quickly, they introduced a range called the A800 which is slightly lower power and if you looked at the specifications that were laid out by the government uh they were then allowed to be sold into China so what according to the journal as you state um is now being reported is that these uh restrictions are going to be extended so that they will cover those new A800 chips uh and more than that even they will also be covering cloud operators uh there is a world where you can imagine that if you're a Chinese company and you can't get the right technology inside China, well, then you might buy cloud capacity, which is shored elsewhere, perhaps you know in the region, but operated by Google or Microsoft Azure or AWS to get around some of those restrictions and it seems as though they're going to be closing that loophole as well.
2: And we're seeing the impact on the stock this morning, investors thinking this could be a pretty tough for Nvidia given how sizable the Chinese market is for that chip maker. What is the potential impact for chip makers when it comes to their bottom line here?
4: I mean, I think we've got to be careful not to overstate it. You must remember, of course, that NVIDIA has a very full valuation at the moment. It is um, the most expensive uh, chip stock in the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, trading at close to 50 times its forward earnings. That means that any indication that there might be restrictions to its growth potential are obviously going to be taken with a certain amount of skittishness by investors. When it comes to NVIDIA's total revenue, you know china is it's actually its third biggest market uh representing about 21% of of sales behind taiwan and of course the us uh some of the end customers might actually you know if it's made in taiwan it might ultimately be shipped to to taiwan in a different package oh, sorry to china in a different package it's really about limiting the growth here but as if you read the you know the fantastic article by our colleagues in the most recent edition of Business Week profiling NVIDIA and the CEO Jensen Wang. There's currently an eight-month wait to be able to get the bleeding edge chips. So at least in the near term, it doesn't look as though this w- w- would have any meaningful effect on demand. The question then starts to be if it affects it in the medium term, as, as, as you know, US and, and European. Cloud capacity gets filled up,
2: and I guess that raises the question as well of whether Nvidia could continue to shore up that sizable market it has in China, even with these kinds of restrictions. Is there a scenario that you could see that uh, Nvidia
4: could try to hold on to that Chinese market? I mean, they they've clearly managed to find a way it, uh, with the previous rules to to skirt the the letter of of the uh, regulations. Uh, you know, of course, they did something that was entirely legal, but they ultimately pre- served up a chip that wasn't as good, right? And then the question is, well perhaps they can innovate further and, and do something similar along those lines. Even so, it would mean that China is not getting stuff that is as good as what you know US cloud operators are able to do. At the moment, at any rate, NVIDIA are the only game in town and the only others who are close, the likes of AMD, they are also covered by these restrictions. So the only solution from a Chinese perspective is, well, can they come up with some sort of domestic competitor? The answer might be yes, but it's not going to be anytime soon. You're looking at you know years and years out because not only can they not buy these chips, they can't buy the equipment that's needed to make these chips, usually made by ASML. So uh, it's a tough challenge for China, for NVIDIA. It you know, might affect them around the edges. It isn't the lion's share of their business.
2: About 30 seconds left here, Alex, but you mentioned the restrictions on cloud leases that are reported uh, in this uh, Biden administration uh, strategy. I mean, that's the kind of thing that could hit some of the biggest tech companies in the world.
4: Yes, but they aren't as big inside China as they might be. And of course, this is all new. This is like green space for them, right? The AI processing stuff is what they're adding. That's a way of bringing new business in. It's not something they already have. So again, it's affecting their growth, not necessarily affecting the businesses they already have. And that's the key issue at the moment.
1: It's hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever
4: you get your podcasts. The Bloomberg Sustainable Business Summit returns to London on April 25th for a solution-driven look at the sustainable business and finance landscape, looking at the latest trends in ESG regulations, supply chain innovation, and transition finance. Speakers include leaders from CDP, Emirates Environment Group, TNFD, C-Trace, COA, and more. Summit advisors include Citi and Schneider Electric. Visit BloombergLive.com slash SBS
5: 2024 to learn more.